What if I told you there is a way to get a world-class public health and global health education from top universities and organizations from around the world and for free? Would you believe me? Or maybe you would think it was a scam. Well, I'm here to tell you that there are a bunch of online learning platforms that offer high-quality upskilling opportunities and provide an opportunity to expand your knowledge or just get started. In this episode, we'll be talking about three courses that you can take for free that will expand your knowledge in public health. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health. From the Sustainable Development Goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Joining me today is my favorite public health professional, Gordon Thane. Howdy, Gordon. You know. You know. You know what it is. You know who I am. You know. You know who okay, I am. Okay, Kevin Durant, chill. Right. Today, you know who I am? What a start. Hey. What a start. How have you been, okay. bud? Okay. I've been okay, you know, in my new position, learning some new, new things. New position? What's your new position? I'm now a manager of, uh, at a health unit. What do you do? Well, I'm in the same department, focusing on chronic diseases and injuries. Okay. So that includes mental health and substance use as well. Okay. And tobacco control. So... What if I told uh, you there was a way to upskill your career? Well, I mean, maybe that that helped, right? Some upskilling here and there through certifications, courses. It does does help. Yeah. If that's what your goal is. So before we actually get into it, what would you say are some of these benefits of even doing upskilling through taking some courses, doing some certifications, etc.? Because keep in mind that we have a lot of people listening from all around the world, from different situations. So getting a university education and getting a master's degree might not be a reasonable thing or a step in their career trajectory. So where do you see these free online courses playing a role? The main thing with doing courses or certifications or just any way you can get information is learning, mm-hmm. right? So. At this present moment, you have a knowledge base and a certain set of skills that you won't be able to expand unless you explore ways to consume information and to learn. Courses in particular give you an opportunity to reestablish some of the things that you've already learned, to fill some of those gaps in, to be able to clear some of those blind spots and to learn new things as well that you can apply to some of those Uh, future endeavors that you're interested in. So that's where courses come in. And balancing that with, of course, learning on the job, we always say experience is a premium. Mm -hmm. Experience is the best teacher. But even while you're getting experience in a formal position, learning on the side, continually developing yourself, continuing education is very important because you learn new and emerging best practices. Mm. Right. as well that you can apply and a lot of times if, especially if you're working at somewhere for a while 
organizations have a certain way of thinking and doing things and doing something like an external course can help you break that mold. I loved what you said there and keep in mind everyone knows public health and global health is such a evolving field whether it's definitions, new ideas, new concepts. So how do you get on top of those things if you find yourself just learning from the things you learn at work and if you've been at that role for a while like you mentioned how much new material are you learning so today what we're going to be talking about are three interesting and unique courses to learn about different things that you might not be familiar with to ultimately help you grow as a professional yeah and before you jump into yeah. that just to bring the point home you can consult consolidate what you already mm -hmm. know help you to learn new things and help you to unlearn some of the things that you need to unlearn. So unlearning too is a very important part of development. Think again. Think again. Yeah, unlearning is such a huge thing and that's what we're talking about when we're talking about when there's new theories, ideas and concepts. You might be familiar with the way of doing things, but as our society evolves, there's new ways of thinking and that requires a lot of unlearning and learning new ideas and perspectives and seeing how that fits in your schema of things and readjusting the way you thought about some things. So without further ado, I know everyone's excited to hear about some of the courses that are free out here. So the first one I want to bring to people's attention is the Health Promotion Foundations by Public Health Ontario. And this is basically a course for people interested in health promotion, as well as for seasoned professionals who are just like looking for a refresher on the history of health promotion, especially in Canada, definitions and concepts, models and theories, behavior change, and health promotion strategies. And this particular course has nine modules and the course is around five hours long in total so you could do it at your own pace for the most part and you will be generated a certificate of completion by the end of it now gordon mr laurie chow memorial awardee mr health promotion himself why do you think it's important for public health and global health professionals to have a solid firm foundational understanding of health promotion i'll answer your question by Maybe speaking first about folks who aren't traditionally thought of in the realm of health promotion mm -hmm. that should integrate health promotion in their work. So if you think of clinicians, for example, uh, healthcare providers being uh, primary care, family doctors, uh, dentists, they're not in the traditional way that we think of public health engaging in public health work. They're seeing patients, patients are their patients rather than the population. Of course, they can have a community impact while doing so, but it's not traditionally what's thought of as health promotion. But when you think of things like dig deeper into oral health, so dentistry, you go to the dentist, you get your teeth cleaned. Oh, Gordon, how often do you floss? How are you brushing? What the dental hygienist or the dentist is doing is giving you some education on oral hygiene and oral health, okay? So when you scale that up to a population level, whether it's a family, community, or even a bigger net, what you're really engaging in is health promotion. And to properly engage in health promotion, you have to understand how health promotion works and the barriers each person faces when asked to engage 
in a healthy behavior. So those foundational principles in health promotion are also important for those who aren't doing that as part of their traditional role. For folks who are more traditional, public health, global health, of course, health promotion is something I would imagine is taught in every program to some degree. And depending on whether you specialized in it or not, maybe you didn't really get too detailed in the levels of the theories of change and the different concepts in health promotion and the historical context behind health promotion. So this course gives you an opportunity to refresh those learnings and to be able to keep that front and center of your mind. And for those who are maybe just about to graduate or leave school and maybe did not specialize in health promotion, it's a good way to indicate to your employer that you're very interested in it and you are aware of the core concepts and jargons being used in that field. Time out, time out, time out, time out. So time out. how would you actually tell the employer or showcase to them that by doing this course, you've gained an advantage of some sort? This depends on, of course, where you are in your career. So for someone like me, over the last three years, I have been knee-deep in health promotion. I, Someone like me, for my own learning, I would do the course. I have done it before when I was a student. I would not, it's not something I would reflect anywhere on my, on my resume for me. However, me, three years ago, when I didn't have a job, I, of course, 100% valued the learning that I got from this, and I felt that it was important to reflect somewhere in my job application. So on my job application, I had a section, I think I called it continued learning or something, and I highlight there things that I took outside of my formal education to advance my learning, and that just shows that I'm serious about what I'm doing, and that I'm tailoring my learning experience specific to the job that I'm applying for. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I've used courses like these in the past where I highlighted on a cover letter just showing that I am keen on learning more and actively taking the time to learn a new area that I'm not familiar with. Maybe my experiences on my resume don't showcase that I can do a specific thing, but by showing that you're actively dedicated and you're keen on learning new things, it shows you're very flexible, adaptable, and you're willing to put in the time to learn. And I think that can show off as a, a really good thing on an interview as well or a cover letter. I'm glad you said interview because if you're interviewing for a health promotion position, I would probably you know, maybe bet a substantial amount of money if I was a better that you would be asked something about a health promotion concept. So this course will also act as something to prepare you for your interview. And of course, a lot of times when we think of interview pre preparation, we see it as something discreet, that as if preparing for the interview, you've completed the interview, that that preparation is no longer relevant. That's also on the job training as well. So you're preparing for the interview. They're asking you questions based on what you'll be doing in your job. So that's the first time in the application process you'd be thinking about it. So hearing about what you'd be doing on the job, learning about health promotion will also give you a framework for things that you can try 
to do if you are fortunate and deserving of that position. Okay, so of course we'll include the link to this course and all the other courses we talked about in the description. So be sure to check that out and enroll in these courses. Shout out to Public Health Ontario for offering Doing that. amazing things for our communities. So thank you. Now, number two, Essential Epidemiological Tools for Public Health Practice by Johns Hopkins University. And this course is taught by Dr. Runa Chandran. Now, this course will basically provide you with skills, tools that will enhance your ability to describe and understand the health of your community. You'll learn about the tools that epidemiologists use, and in fact, all public health professionals will need or require at some point, including, you know, being able to have conversations about epidemiology, data visualization, describing risk factors, understanding and evaluating the burden of specific diseases or conditions in population, and really getting a sense of basic epidemiological skills like mapping, estimation, geographic information systems, statistical methods, and visualization. So it sounds like a really cool course. And it's a foundational course. It's for people who may not be super familiar with epidemiology. And for those who maybe have never taken an epidemiology course or did not do a specialization in epidemiology, learning from Dr. Chandran in this free online course can be really valuable. And I know Gordon had the opportunity recently to talk to Dr. Regan. Can you tell us a bit about why you think learning, having a healthy understanding of epidemiology would be a useful tool for health professionals? The interesting thing about this question is it's easy to say, well, I'm not in data analysis. I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't need to take this course or I don't need to advance my knowledge of epidemiology. Yeah, you could be right. Mm -hmm. You also could be wrong. So the reason you could be wrong is if I'm reflecting on myself, I have had in our program, we've had an epidemiology course and a biostatistics course. Now, throughout your career, you'll undoubtedly be put in positions where you're interacting with epidemiologists, biostatisticians, data analysis, data analysts, and maybe even yourself at some point being involved in looking at complex data sets and using it to inform evidence, using that evidence to inform decision making. Now, for me, when I'm thinking about this now, I think it's good for anyone who is in public health to be familiar with epidemiology. And the reason this is the case is because if we're we talk about public health as if it's a monolithic group, but there's a variety of disciplines there. And I need to be able to speak the language of epidemiologists when I'm talking to them when planning public health interventions. Mm-hmm. Understanding that epidemiologists as well are not, it's not part of their normal scope to do everything from program planning, implementation, and evaluation. And in order for me to communicate the needs from a data perspective, I have to be able to understand a little bit more about how epidemiology works, what questions can be answered with data, and what questions are not as easily answerable with data, and how we can work collaboratively to solve those problems. 
So that's one of the key things in expanding your knowledge of epidemiology that can enhance your public health programs as well as you as a public health professional. Yeah, I really like that bit about being able to have conversations Mm. with epidemiologists. So say I'm a health promoter and I need information and data and visualizations from an epidemiologist that works in the health unit or health department. How do I tell them what I need and what kind of issues I'm dealing with if I'm not able to talk about the different tools that might be useful for me to have and have those conversations? It goes a long way in terms of just communication and collaboration if you're able to speak that language. And even just at a very conversational level, it goes a long way. One example of this is you reference Geographic Information System, GIS. Mm. Now, if you're a program planner and you're unaware that this tool exists and can enhance your work, that's something that you'd have to explicitly ask for support on from an epidemiologist. So not even from a basic understanding mm-hmm. of what's possible yeah. that you can do with data, visualization. Is there a certain way you want the epidemiologist to help you prepare for a presentation that you're going to do to policymakers and decision makers? You have to be able to have a dialogue with them about what you're looking for to be able to present. So not knowing, being completely in the dark in epidemiology, even if that's not your primary area of practice, won't do you any good. Yeah, exactly. And I also want to highlight that this particular course that we're talking about is actually part of a specialization series that include five courses related to epidemiological tools. So if you take this course and you're like, hey, LaShawn and Gordon, it was a great course. There's four more courses that you could take to enrich your understanding in epidemiology and you could access them all for free. So just keep that in mind. If you want to go all in, there's an option for you to do that. So we'll include the link to that as well in the description. Now, one of my favorite things and definitely a relevant course to be taking in these times, especially in light of the COVID-19 pandemic and talking about other emerging diseases, is the Essentials of Global Health by Yale University. This is a particularly interesting course if you would like to have a really comprehensive introduction to global health. And it's meant to really introduce you to this topic in a well-structured, clear, and easy-to-understandable way. And it's taught by a great instructor, Richard Skolnick. I hope I pronounced that right. He's super well-known in the field of global health, over 40 years of experience, and he's actually the author of one of the seminal textbooks used to teach global health called Global Health 101. So definitely even recommend checking out his textbook. It's super comprehensive, very easy to understand, and well-written. So in this course, they'll be basically focusing on five important questions. Why do people get sick, disabled, and die from different issues facing their community? Why do people suffer from these conditions? Which people are most affected? Why should we care about global health issues? What can be done to address these key health issues? And keep that in the lens of understanding that there is a cost and there is a need for urgent care. And this has to be done in a sustainable way. Because when we're talking about global health, we're dealing with a bunch of different conditions and contexts that we might not be familiar with. 
each community has their own set of needs. Now, how are you able to address these health needs from that context? So in this course, you're going to really learn about this relationship between key public health concepts and global health and really understand how these issues can be tackled in cost-effective ways that are sustainable. I think it's a really fantastic course so far. I've been enrolled in it, and the instructor is phenomenal. And I think it's just a must for any global health professionals, or even if you're interested in public health. There is a huge relationship between public health and global health, as we see with this global health pandemic. And many people are arguing that they're one in the same at this point, right? In the way we define global health and public health, sure, I'm more of a public health mm-hmm. person. And you're a bit of, you're mm-hmm. both. Now, if you were to read that, the course out to me, the course description, yeah. the learning objectives out to me, and you just took out the words global health, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know that it's, it's only, well, geared specifically towards global health. Like there's things there about why do people... You're talking about social determinants yep. of health. You're talking about how to address those key issues in low-resource environments, mm-hmm. how to sustain programs. Those are things that even low-resource settings here in mm-hmm. Canada have to grapple with on a daily basis. Yeah. So that's it's not like a global health skills toolkit would be different from a public health skills yeah. toolkit. It's just, of course, you're focused more on populations abroad, but... The skills that you would need and the knowledge that you would get from doing this course is undoubtedly transferable to a local context, no matter where you are. Yeah, and one of the things I always think of is with globalization, with the spread of these diseases, with increased travel and movement across the world, right, and increased migration of people in different parts of the world going in and out of places, you really want to have an understanding of what's going on around the world. Because these are different contexts where different health concerns and conditions can arise. And you really want to understand the different causes of these diseases and where people are coming from and some of the conditions that they live, play, and work in. Because that's going to give you the upper hand when you're designing programming, policy, and just really understanding the true needs of your community, whether local or abroad. So having that more global sense of health is definitely beneficial. There's a couple good examples of this, but front of mind, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So you're in your little area. You have your health agency that looks after the health of the community. But then, like you said, globalization, travel, people bringing in COVID to the community, people bringing in COVID-19 out of the community. There is global health context there as well. There's global health context there with when you look at tuberculosis. So we know a lot of the, we had an episode a few months ago where we spoke to some folks doing some amazing work in tuberculosis prevention and control. And a lot of those disproportionately affected by tuberculosis are immigrants. Mm -hmm. So if you're a local public health program and you're not really having that understanding of global health context, it can serve as a, it can impair your programming because you lack that context even though it's your local public health program, but there's intersections there with global health, no matter how you want to slice the pie. Yeah, exactly. And I I think it's important to say that, 
And I did already mention a lot of people argue that there shouldn't be this broad distinction between key principles in public health and global health. Many of them argue that there is that focus, both in public health and global health, about public good. There is that common key principle of the belief that there is a global perspective to many of these health issues. There is that common understanding of they're both scientific and interdisciplinary disciplines. And in both cases, you need multi-level approaches for your interventions. And so complementary to that is this idea of just being able to understand these comprehensive frameworks in health and health policy and understanding the role of financing in both these situations. So there's many similarities and you could argue it for it both ways. That's not the context of this podcast, but just understanding that there are concerns that go beyond your local community that can help make you a better health professional overall. Yeah. I would just call, in my little informal way, I would say global health is basically transnational public health, Mm -hmm. where you're dealing with more than one geographical region that might stretch across to a different country. There it is. All right. All right, folks. With that, we've listed three courses for you that we think is super relevant and will give you the skills you need to advance as a public health or global health professional, and we will leave the links in the description. But until next time, my name is LaShawn. And this is my buddy, Gordon. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.